Well, we've been in a series called Doing versus Hearing. We'll leave this as part four. Let's look at James 1, verse 22. Those messages are available in the number of places that we put up messages, so you can go back and listen to them. If you want, we just go step by step and, and pick up where we left off at the last time. But let's look at James 1, 22. It says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man observing the natural or his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does in the amplified classic it says but be doers of the word obey the message not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, not being a heedless listener, but who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing his life of obedience. So we, it says here we ought to be doers, not just hearers only. When you just hear the word, you don't do it. You fall into deception. You deceive yourself. You're not doing the word. You're just hearing. You think you're doing. You think you should get results, but you're not doing it. So you get opposite results and, and, uh, it says that the one that does the word, though, you'll be blessed in everything that you do. So we want to be in that category. Yes. Uh, in Matthew 7, 27, we read this. We'll just read it uh, and then go on. But um, Matthew 7, 27, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And we talked about this. There's These are just parallel verses the one person heard the word and they did it and and jesus likens them to a wise man that built his house on the rock in other words a strong foundation and the storm came and the, the house stood so his life stood and then another man heard the word but didn't do it and he said jesus said he's he's a foolish man he's like a foolish man that built his house on sand well that you know that's not going to stand and so the same storm came, and we looked at that. The same storm came to both of them, literally the exact same words, and uh, his house fell. So it's likening the person that's built on sand, building his house on sand, to not doing the word. The one that did the word, his house is stable. So when the storms come, the one that did the word is going to stand. He's going to be blessed. The one that didn't is going his, he's, he's not going to be blessed, and in fact, there was catastrophe that came to his house. So um, with God's help, we can be doers of the word and we can stand. Amen. See, the storms of life come through it, come to everybody. 
Notice that the storm came to the person that, that did the word. They, did, they came to the person that wasn't going to do the word. The storms of life come to everybody. It's what we're going to do with the word that determines how we come out with it. And this just goes for everybody on the planet. You know, there's different degrees. People that just, they haven't even taken the first word. They don't even believe Jesus. Well, the storms come to them. And it may look like somebody's doing well for a while. Oh, well, they don't have God. You know, the psalmist talks about that. What? They're, they look like they're prospering and everything. If they don't believe God, they've lost everything. No matter how much they have on this earth, if you step off this planet and you're, you don't know God, you don't know Jesus, you're done. So, no, that's short-lived. We want, we want to truly... Um, be blessed true that and that starts with knowing the one that created us so we got to do what he said and it starts with knowing him and then going forward from that look at a couple verses luke eleven twenty seven. 27 and it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him blessed is the womb that bore you in the breast that nursed you Verse 28, you just turn me down just a bit. Uh, but he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Keep it. Right, keep it. Jesus is saying that. If you, you're going to be blessed if you hear the word of God and you keep it. John 13, verse 16, another verse we'll just read. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Notice he said, if you know these things or you've heard these things, blessed are you if you what? You do them. So there's a blessing associated with that. Now I want to read a few verses that, that we read last week. Um, some of these, but we were talking about the word, that God's word is truth. Let's look at John 17, 17. It says, sanctify them, this is Jesus speaking, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Now, we talked about, you, you know, it's people... People even secularly, you know, Pilate said, what is truth to Jesus? What is, what is it? You know, you know, people in the world, uh, I'm talking about when I say people in the world, people that don't know God through Jesus as their Savior, talk about, well, what's true, what's not true. Because if something is true, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter, okay, it doesn't matter who's saying it. It doesn't matter what the group is or, or um, the source all truth comes from God. So if somebody is believing a portion of that truth, it's truth. It doesn't matter who they are. In other words, nobody has a corner on the truth. God's word is truth. So if somebody is believing a part of that truth, then they're going to get the results that correspond to that truth. But if something is either true or it's not true, there is nothing that's sort of you know, I mean, as far as any given fact, you can have a statement that's half true. That means there's part of it, that part's true and the other part's not. But I'm saying every bit of information is either true or not true. And so 
truth that's, you know, you can have facts, facts that, well, you know, it's whatever, 78 degrees outside in a certain location. That's a fact, and that could be a true statement, but that's not eternal truth. You know, that, that's subject to change. God's word does not change under any circumstances. It's always true. It doesn't matter who said it. You know, comes out. It doesn't matter who quotes it. In other words, it doesn't matter. The, God's word is truth. Will work for anybody. God's no respecter of persons. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's not clicky. You're in the family of God because you believe on Jesus, not because of who you are. That's how you get into the family of God. 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 You don't believe on Jesus based on who you are. In other words, that doesn't buy you anything with God. See, it's a gl- in that, this is the same with everything that God is and he does. But when you talk about believing on the Lord Jesus, which is how, that's the conduit, that's how you receive anything from God in the new covenant. When you believe on him, you're talking about the fact that Jesus gave himself a ransom for mankind. It was a transaction he bought and paid for all of mankind to be, to come out of the power of Satan into God's, God's family. And so he bought and paid for it. So now what a person can do, the only thing they can do is believe on that and get in on the deal. They didn't create the deal. In other words, it's like a contract's written. All the all the stipulations, all the clauses are written, and Jesus signed it in his blood, bought and paid for everything, and then you can't change the contract, and who you are doesn't make the, the contract valid or not. It's what Jesus did. All you can do is there's a space there saying, do you want to get onto this, and are you going to sign your name and say, I believe what Jesus did for me. See, now you get to partake of everything that Jesus did, but it doesn't have anything to do with you. You're just believing. You guys are silent. So when you're talking about God's word being truth, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have a respect. Truth doesn't change based on who states it. Truth doesn't change based on who believes it. Truth is it's true. Well, see, because people, okay, you know this as well as I do. Something that is true will come out of some public figure's mouth, and the people that disagree with them don't like it and will disagree with it even though it's true because of who said it. And, you know, people do, do kind of um, play, play a prank on people. Well, somebody's saying something, they'll say somebody is saying something. They think somebody that they disagree with is saying something, so they don't like it until they find out somebody they like actually said it. Then they change their tune. That's, that's just, that's not honest. Because truth, if somebody says something that is true, even if you don't like the person, you ought to admit, that's true. I don't, I don't particularly care for the person that said it, but the guy's speaking truth. Yeah. Right? Because the truth, it's, it, it's true. Something is true or it's not true. God's truth, it is true. It doesn't matter who thinks it's true. It doesn't matter who disagrees with it. So if enough people, you know, disagree with what God says in the Bible, then all of a sudden it becomes untrue because that's what you see in today's day and age, Right? Well, we don't believe that's true anymore. And if you get everybody politically, I'm talking about socially, you know, in the, the, the culture to disagree. 
and think, well, that's not true anymore. We like it this way. I don't care if it's in the Bible. We call that hate speech now. God's truth is true. Doesn't matter if you disagree with it. Just because 100 million people disagree with something does not mean all of a sudden it's wrong. We ought to know that. There's a whole lot of people that agree with stuff that's wrong. So God's word is truth. We, we, we uh, talked about that last week, and, and we're going to read some of those scriptures. We need to understand, if we're going to be a doer of the word, we need to understand that what he said is true. Otherwise, why would I do it if it's not true? If I'm not convinced it's true, then that'll be a problem. But I need to understand that if I do it, his word is stands for all time. We, that needs to be settled in us. That his word is true. Look at Psalm, we read some of these. Psalm 119, verse 160. We'll put these up on the screen. Really, you, you can turn there if you want, but we're going to go through some of them relatively fast. The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. In other words, God doesn't change. And the entirety of your word is true. Now, this is something you need to understand. There are things in the Bible that are truly recorded, but they themselves are not truth. In other words, they could quote somebody. doesn't mean it's true. It means it was, that was truly recorded. If you read the book of Job, his, there's a bunch of stuff that's said that, that are truly recorded, but God comes down and rebukes, rebukes what they said. God's right. People quote the people that are saying the wrong thing, thinking they're right. No, the Bible's true. It's recorded. That is what they said. That doesn't mean what they said is right. Because God came down and rebuked it. And when you're reading things in the Bible, don't just cherry pick. You have to take it in the entirety of the book. If you, if you think you have an idea in the Bible that is true, and you can find multiple scriptures in other places that contradict it, it's not true. Your understanding or that understanding is not right. That makes sense? You can't just cherry pick and find a verse and say, well, this says this. And then say, well, no, what does the whole counsel of God's word say? That's going to help you to do what actually is true and not what somebody decide or said is true. You can't, see, God's word is truth. What somebody said about God's word is not necessarily true. So we want, that's why we point to the Bible. Because this is not my opinion. If I say something or anybody else says something that disagrees with what the Word of God actually says or you try to use the Word of God in a way that is not consistent with the Word of God, there's, it's not God's truth then. You can't take that to the bank. You can't act on that. And this is another thing. People act on something they think is God's Word when actually it was something what somebody said about God's Word that actually isn't true and so it doesn't work. And they're, well, so-and-so said that's the problem. Is it actually true? Or is it what we think is true? Psalm 119.89, it says, Forever, your, O Lord, your, your word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your word is settled in heaven. It doesn't change, in other words. It's settled. What God said is right. It's true. Let's read 1 Peter 1, verse 22. 
It says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because, verse 24, because all, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers, and its flower falls away. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. The word of the Lord endures forever. Well, if endures forever, it, it was solid to begin with. It's never going to change. You realize that, the, that there are, you know, you go up to New Hampshire and you see um, the granite and stones and all those things. As solid as some of that seems, it changes over time and it won't be here eventually. The earth is going to be burned up. As solid as it feels like the earth, it's not forever solid. It will be burned up. Things will change. But the Word of God endures forever and it, it past all the natural stuff we see, past the universe, past the earth, past any circumstance, past any, you know, um, current events. The Word of God will still be standing. The Word of God doesn't change through it. It doesn't change one little bit. You know, there's things we think are solid, but over time they, they change, they deteriorate. God's word doesn't deteriorate at all. His things don't change at all. None. So his, his truth is rock solid. There is nothing that can penetrate it, nothing that will move it, nothing that will make it untrue. It's solid. It endures forever. Look at Psalm 12, 7. Psalm 12, or excuse me, 12, 6. It says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. Verse 6 says, the words of the Lord are pure words. Like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. In other words, you know, that silver is purified, heated, and over so that all the impurities come out. It's saying the word of God is pure. In other words, there is no little bit of corruptness in it anywhere. It's completely pure. It's completely purified. And then it says, you shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. Let me, uh, hold your place there. I'm going to come back to it, and then we're going to go forward. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So, other things, like we said, will pass away. His word will not pass away. So if you put the other Psalm 12 up there again, 
Verse 7 says, You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. So you shall keep what? Your word shall be kept forever. Your word, not somebody's idea about the word, but your word will be kept. He will keep it. So God is not obligated to keep anything that's not his word. But if it's truth, if it is his word, he will 100% always keep it. What he said is right. And so that's why then what we do with his word determines what we get. It's not whether he failed. Ever. He's never the one that failed. What he said will happen. So if we're a doer of what he said, what he said will happen. Always. 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 And we need to make that completely strong in our life. We have to settle it completely. God's word is trustworthy. It's true. It will never fail. So I look to him and I'm going to do what he said. And then I'm, I will have what he said because he said it. See, if we hear it and we judge it, I just don't really, I, I don't do it. Well, that means we really at some level aren't convinced that God is who he said he is, that his word is true, and that what he said will happen. At some level, that's true. Otherwise, we would be doing it. It's, at some point, well, somebody said, well, their heart isn't, you know, after. That's because you're not convinced of something. You're not submitted to what he said. Well, I just don't know. You don't know what. You don't know if he'll, he'll do it. Well, God, this happened. So I knew somebody that believed God, and this happened. You don't believe then that God's word is true. You're basically saying somebody else's experience is dictating if God is true or not. That's what you're saying. You're, you're not believing that God's word settled forever. In other words, he said it. That's true. What you're saying is, well, this other guy said it. I may love him. I may appreciate him. May even esteem him. But they said something, and that is somehow modifying what God said. That's a problem. See, we're not convinced that his word doesn't change, that's immovable, that we'll always get what he said. We're saying somebody else said something, and actually we're taking their word above God's word. Well, then you, well, I'm not going to do what God said. God, see, I'm not, I'm not convinced about it. I'm not convinced of truth. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that God is faithful. Look at uh, 1, 1 Kings 8.56. So God's word is true. God will always do and is ready to do what he said he would do. Okay. I feel like I'm moving too fast to this part. This part I want to I get to. But we need to be fully convinced that what God said is right and true because it doesn't matter... If you believe somebody will do something, but you're not 
I mean, you're depending, I should say, on somebody doing something, but you're not fully believing that they're committed to doing what they said, then you could be believing something, however sincerely, that will never come to pass because the person actually is not a keeper of their word. So believing something, do you realize, we, we understand this, right? People believe stuff all over the world that has nothing to do with God. They are completely sincere. They may give their lives, but they're wrong. And it's not God, right? So you can believe something and do something that isn't God's word. Doesn't matter how sincere you are, if it's not truth, if, if he's not so you can believe something, somebody says something, but if, they're, if the person that's saying it cannot perform it and is not a keeper of it, then, they, then you're believing something in vain. So when we try to, sometimes in, 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 as Christians, some people will try to jump to believing God, but they're really not, they're not really sure that, that he is actually a keeper of what he said. They're not secure in that. And if we're not secure in that, then when, when we believing, our believing isn't really on a sure foundation. It's not on truth. It's on what we sort of understand or what somebody said. And so that's why then people will end up, they, they say, well, I was believing such and such, but it didn't happen. That statement, if you believe what God said, is impossible. It's not true. It's our understanding. We, you know, people will think, well, I, I, I believe God, but that didn't happen. What you're saying is God didn't keep his word. So the problem is upstream. See, if I believe that what God said will happen regardless because he said it and that's it, I'm in a different place. Now I understand I, I just have to do what he said and it, what he said is going to happen because he's ready to do what he said. He will always do what he said. That's not the problem. So now I'm focusing here. But the minute I start saying and questioning him, I've just shown that upstream I don't really know this. And if I don't know this, I can't really believe. If I don't really know this, I can't act. I won't be a doer. I'll be a hearer because being a hearer means you don't really believe something. But if I believe what he said and I hear the word, and when I hear the word, I take it as that is God speaking. That must come to pass. What he says, now I'm here. Now I can act on it. Now I'm going to believe it. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive what he said. Let's go to uh, 1 Kings 8.56. So then we need to understand then that if God is solid, true, he will never move, that he is ready then to do what he said, what that truth is. Let's look at, uh, go ahead and put that, 1 Kings 8.56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest. This is Joshua speaking. Who has given rest to his people Israel. No, I'm sorry. This is Solomon. Joshua's down lower. Um, when he's uh, dedicating the temple. Who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. He has given rest to his people Israel according to all he promised. There has not failed one word of all his test of his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. He's saying there hasn't failed one word of what he said. There, his word, he's saying his word has not failed. What he said, it's done. What he said will happen. What he said has happened. Hasn't failed one word of all his good promise. Look at Joshua. 23, 14. 
God's Word is true. We can believe God's Word. We need to understand that God is ready to do what He said He'll do. And He will always come through for us. Always, 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 infinity, always. He would never change one iota. He is not going to fail you. If it says it in His Word, He will do it every time. He is not going to start failing a human being. It's not who he is, and we're just not that important in the scheme of things that the whole universe is going to blow up that's held together by the power of his word because somehow he's just not going to do what he said on one day for one person. It's not going to happen. And see, if we get secure in that, no, God is true, it's going to happen, that brings us to a different place. Joshua 23, 14, Behold, the day I am going away, the way of all the earth. This day I'm going the way of all the earth, so he's dying. You, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Not one word has failed. They've all come to pass. Do you know that's true in every one of our lives? Now, right now, there's people having, well, this didn't happen. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Do we understand that everything that God said in his word has come to pass to the degree that we have been a doer of the word and done what he said? Now, it's not, don't let condemnation creep in. Well, I just can't do it. God's word doesn't say that. God's word says we can. Then in that area, if we let that thought creep in, we're not being a doer of the word, and that's exactly why certain things aren't going to happen, because he said, by my strength, I'll do it. You'll be able to do it. So when we have the idea, I just don't know if I can, we're letting another thought try to modify what he said, which is when I said it, that's the truth, and you can do it, and our attitude has to be, you said it, I can do it. I Man, I don't feel like it. I feel completely incapable, but at your word, I will do it, and his word will then come to pass. When we're questioning, I don't know, you said it, but this hasn't happened, there is a breakdown somewhere where we haven't believed what he said to the degree that whatever he said will happen. Yes, and so the degree in our life that we're experiencing what he said is the degree that we're cooperating with him. So if, he's, if there's something that's been spoken over your life truly by the Spirit of God or in the Word and it hasn't come to pass, what we need to do is go and say, God, your Word says this. I believe your Word's always true. Show me where I need to modify anything because the answer is not you failed. And so I will not be a here only and put down, you know, Put down my belief and not stay true and say, well, I just can't, and I will be a believer, and I'll come up and say, you're true. I know whatever happens, you can't fail. You will always bring your word to pass. You're ready to bring your word to pass, and so I'm going into believing mode. I'm going into cooperation mode with God. Jeremiah 1.12. <clears throat> It says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. I am ready to perform my word. You can just see God going, I've said it. Believe me, I'm ready. If you're ready to do something, what does, I'm not talking about getting ready. You know, when you're trying to get out of the house, 
and you're going toward the door and somebody else is with you and you're like, are you, yeah, come on, it's time to be here. Yeah, I'm ready. And you know, they're still putting stuff on or coming down the, the way or whatever. That's not ready. That is getting ready. <laughs> ready is sitting there by the door. I'm ready. You know, sometimes I'll say, everybody ready? And then I'll hear a little voice by the mother room. I'm ready. And I look over and one of them's sitting there and they're ready. I'm like, yes, you're ready. Then I'll hear I'm ready and somebody else. Or sometimes it's me. I'm, like, yeah, I'm ready and I'm, I'm, I'm going toward the door. And we want credit for being ready when we're actually on the way to being ready. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I've, I'm done it. You've done it. You want credit that like, and that sometimes I'm the one that said, everybody ready at five till and they're ready and I'm coming down and I forgot something. I'm coming, but I'm ready and I want credit because I'm the one that said it, but actually I'm not ready. <laughs> that's not ready. Ready is you say the word, boom. I don't have to do 15 other things. Ready is, you know, ready, get set, go. That's not you walking around putting your shoes on at that point, you know, in track. It's not like, well, no, just just a second. No, the gun's going to go off and you are, when you they say ready, that means you're going in, you know, you might be doing this, whatever, ready. Okay, now I'm ready. Well, that's God. God is not sleeping, doing something else. He's ready to perform his word. So he is, do it. I, I, see, God's not the problem ever. He is faithful. He is rock solid. He is solid, secure, never going to change. So when he's, it says he's ready to perform his word, that means all he is, all he ever will be, the truth. He is now. He's not going to change. This truth is there. And when it says he's ready to perform his word, what's he waiting for? It's not him. It's just somebody to say, to act on what he said and... Because he's ready. He's, he's not like, oh, just a second. He's ready. So if I hear his word, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'll do anything with that. What are we thinking? I don't know. Do, do we think that God just, he's not, it, it doesn't matter today. I hear something, God's on a vacation, so right now, don't have to do that. No, God's ready. That means see, God is always in the same place. Today, last Sunday, last fri Friday, this coming Monday, his word is always true and he's always ready. So when we hear something and we go, Neh. we're thinking that's not true. His word's not true. We are obligated to do something with what he said. And we need to know he's ready then to do what he said. Hebrews 10.23 it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised, so he who gave the word, he who spoke the word is faithful. What does that mean? He will do it the way he said he would do it. What does it mean if you count somebody faithful? If you said, if you're doing business with somebody, and we don't probably use that word a lot, faithful, but you know they're, on, they're trustworthy, they do what they say. You can count. If they said they're going to get it done at a certain time, it's going to be done at that time. If they said it's going to cost this much, 
and they'll do their best to keep it under such. They do that. If they said they're going to call you back, they call you back. Yes. It blows my mind sometimes. You're trying to do business with somebody and you don't get a call back. God's not like that. So what are we saying when we're talking about somebody? They're, they're faithful. They do what they said. God does what he said. Always. He's faithful to do exactly what his word said he will do. Every time. Every time. Every time. He who promised is faithful. Let's read Hebrews 11, 11, one more. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past age, because, why? She judged him faithful who promised. She judged him, counted him faithful who said the word. So the word was spoken, and she counted that word as true, as right, as God willing to do it, judged him faithful who promised, so she received what he promised. She received what was spoken. Because she judged him faithful. Because she judged him faithful. She judged him right. She judged that what he said would happen. If he said it, it's got to happen that way. There's no way it's not happening that way. There's no way anything will modify it. Doesn't matter what my age is. Doesn't matter what anybody said. Doesn't what what happened with my relative or my neighbor. He said it. I judged him faithful. He's ready to perform it. And so I believe that. I'm a doer. Not just to hear because I judge something and so I acted on what I judge, which is that he's faithful and he'll do it. Yes. Amen. Amen.